Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we have a special treat for you. We're diving into a topic that's revolutionizing the future of education, especially for homeschooling families. It's a subject that has the power to shape your children's academic journey in an entirely new way. In this episode, we'll be exploring how higher education is evolving and the remarkable ways it intersects with the world of homeschooling. I'm excited to have Andrew Chambers joining us today. He's here to discuss specifically how Excel College is disrupting the traditional higher education model and offering an alternative that aligns perfectly with homeschooling philosophy. So whether you're a seasoned homeschool family or just dipping your toes into the world of home education, this episode is packed with insights that can reshape the way that you think about your child's future. So get ready for an eye-opening conversation that could change the course of your child's education. Now, if you've not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button for the podcast. We don't want you to miss a single episode. I'd also be really, really grateful if you'd take a moment to leave us a rating and a review as well. It's always good to hear from our listeners and see what's making an impact for you. Plus, your reviews and ratings help us reach even more people with each conversation. Thank you so much for partnering with us in that way. So now, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired as we explore the bright future of higher education and how there's a model that's truly an extension of homeschooling. Welcome back to another edition of the Homeschooling Families podcast. I'm very glad that you're here. I actually very excited about the topic of our conversation today because things are different than they were when you and I were, you know, finishing high school, thinking about college. When I graduated, you pretty much went to college and then from there you would launch out and um, there were a a limited number of things that you could major in. And, you know, it, it was very, very different with technology, with apprenticeships, with all of these different things the the opportunities that are available to our kids are very very different and very exciting and as homeschoolers we should be really really thrilled about this because that allows our kids who have gotten this tailored education to continue to grow in that way so i am very excited to have joining me today uh, to talk about this and a lot of other stuff andrew chambers who is the head of campus life at excel college in black mountain north carolina Now, Excel is an innovative Christian college for forging a new educational path for students to become wise, mature, and productive adults who live purposeful and fulfilling lives. Andrew and his wife, Charity, live on campus with their two boys, Evan and Jesse, and they love every minute of it. I am so glad you're here, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Leslie. Thanks so much for having me on. You are very welcome. I I am really excited to talk about higher education now and what opportunities are available for our kids and and all of these different things. But I think that the best way for us to start and so that everyone knows kind of where you're coming in from is to give us kind of an aerial view of what you guys do up there 
And so we kind of understand where you're coming from. That will help us kind of look at the land in a much better, more directed way. For sure. No, absolutely. And, you know, I guess the easiest way to kind of get a big picture view of what we do is to really ask the question, like, what problems are we trying to solve? And so if you're, you know, like when you and I, we were talking about this before we jumped on, but, you know, if you're familiar with the traditional system of higher education at all, it's like you graduate high school, if you're going to make anything of yourself, you got to go to a four-year college, you have to get the degree, at least the bachelor's, now you kind of have to get a master's to work your way up, and then you go get a white-collar job, you make sixty to $100,000 a year, white picket fence, two and a half kids, perfect American dream. There it is. And, (laughs) and for years that, you know, kind of traditional that like was the gatekeeper to the American dream. Right. And if you didn't go into that system, then the question was like, are you going to make something of yourself? And, but what was kind of hiding under the, under the, the rug there was the student loan debt, which (laughs) is $1.6 trillion now. Oh my goodness! Thirty-seven thousand, really? yes, Whoa. thirty-seven thousand a person, which is why there's these big battles in Congress over whether we should cancel or not. But then also, seventy-three percent of kids that are of people that actually have jobs now aren't working in the field that they went to get their major in. Yep. And then for a lot of Christian families, there's this worry of like, if I send my kid to college, are they going to get hijacked? Are they going to get steered off course? And and that was the case for a lot of, you know, my generation that went off to college and, you know, even the school I went to, I had a big faith wrestle in college because of that. And so like those for for people that that are believers and love Jesus and and also want their kids to do well in life, I think a lot of us are starting to look at the system of and say, like, that's not a good ROI. Like I wouldn't right. actually invest in a in a company that had that return on investment. So why would I send my kids there? And so and so for us, that those were really the the factors that kind of led to us starting Excel. And so what we do is, what we know is this, is education is not just a curriculum. It's actually it's actually life transformation. And that's what right. true education is. And so it can't be online or it can't be sold, sorry, solely online. It can't just be going in the classroom for an hour, three times a week, and then coming out. It can't just be information transfer. It actually has to be life impartation. And so, you know, at the college, we're, we're part of a Christian community here in Black Mountain, that is is looking to see people flourish. And our whole thing is that healthy people build healthy families who build healthy communities, who build yep. a healthy world. And what we tell students is when you graduate from Excel, you know, we've got the worldview training, you know, it's a pseudo liberal arts program that's done through a biblical narrative. And then we've got these apprenticeships and I'll talk about those in a second. But, mm-hmm. but really, those are all in the context of, of Christian community and a faculty and staff that we live to see people come fully alive and our biggest joy is after you graduate, if you're ready to build healthy marriage and family. Yep. Because that's what that's what we need. And getting a great job is part of that, but but it's not all of it. Exactly. You know? And so we just put that back in its proper place, we think. So Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that focus that you all have. And it's it's so important. And it also I I think will help these kids as they're growing up and, and launching out to not segment their lives like we did for mm-hmm. so many years. We are whole beings. And yes. we need to look at our ourselves that way, not just I have my work identity, I have my home identity and so on. Let's look at this holistically and prepare them to to actually view their lives that way. It'll save them a whole lot of of difficulty in the days ahead. Well, and anxiety and like you said, identity. I mean, so, you know, after the Industrial Revolution hit and college actually got into the skills training game and people started going to become a profession. I mean, you think when you first meet somebody at a dinner party, 
usually the first question asked is, what do you do? Yep. I am a doctor or I am a mechanic. And that's become our identity instead of an expression of how we exercise the gifts that God's given us. And so what we try to do, like you were talking about, is just is give students this holistic education that actually forms them into the person that God made them to be. And then instead of taking their identity from their job, they actually become who God made them to be, learn what skills and gifts and talents they have, and then give those to the marketplace as a gift. And that's a, a little nuance, but it's a big deal. So oh, it's a, yeah, I, I actually think it's a, a really big deal. It's a, it's a, I'm not even sure it's a, a little nuance. It seems almost like a paradigm shift because yes. they are, they are looking at their identity very differently. I am you know, I am created in the image of God called to love people. And these are the skills that God gave me that I can use for his glory. That's a very different way of looking than I am a doctor. I have a family. Uh I go to X church. This it's, it's really is a massive shift in mindset that actually helps people understand God's plan for their lives so much more clearly. Yeah. And what we tell students too, is like, you you talk about God's plan and his calling is when we talk about calling, we ask the question, how did he wire you? Hmm. Like, what do you like to do? What are you good at? What do you not like to do? What are the talents that you have? What are you passionate about? And then based on those things, there's like 50 different jobs you can do. And so what we do is we help them build those marketable skills in those fields so they don't have to have the pressure of having this one career job for 50 years and I got to right. get it right. But they actually know, like, I can express myself in these different ways. So when I went to college, no one had that conversation with me. Yeah. And now I will say my dad was awesome at trying to point me in different directions. But as an 18 year old, I wasn't really listening. Um, Sorry, dad, if you're listening. Uh, (laughs) um, But when I got to college, I went to get an accounting degree because I wanted. And I mean, look at me. I'm not like (laughs) I'm not an accountant. And God bless accountants. (laughs) I love my accountant. We need them. But I'm a people person. and I can't do spreadsheets and numbers all day long. Like I have to actually be engaging with people. And so after two years, I ended up changing my major to a different you know, to a different major, going to business. And, but, and that's why a lot of students will end up in college for six, seven years. And then afterwards being like, I got a piece of paper that I don't use now. And so we tell her, we take, and, but there's this, especially with Christian kids, there's this analysis paralysis that comes with that of like, I can't miss it. I can't miss God. What's he doing? But instead of it's like, God, how did you make me? Yep. And how can I use that to, to bless the marketplace and the world around me? And that's a totally different conversation, you know? And one that's a lot more free. Oh, absolutely. And and yeah, looking at what God put in your hand, we we talk to our kids a lot about, you know, Moses. God used the staff, the the very thing that he had put in Moses's hand for 40 years as he was a shepherd, or, you know, the slingshot that was already in David's hand because he was a a shepherd. There are so many times throughout scripture that we see that God uses exactly what he had put in our hands, and that hasn't changed. Exactly yes. how he made you, exactly how he hardwired you is how he wants to use you for his glory. And so helping our kids understand that is so powerful for for helping them find their way, but also helping them understand their value to their creator, which is another big deal. Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. Yes. And that's what we ask students is like, can you actually be fulfilling God's call in your life as a tire salesman, as an accountant, as a mechanic? 
because we've been sold this thing of like, you've got to be an astronaut or you have to be, you know, a missionary or you have to do, if you're going to be doing God's call. And it's like, yeah, but what about these everyday jobs that are vital to our society functioning right. well, that need to be done what really well and with excellence and, and as God intended to do, like, are those valuable, you know? And we yep. think yes. Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. And th- those jobs put you in the position to meet the people that God needs you to love and to serve and to, mm-hmm. to point to him. I mean, everywhere we go, we are on the same mission. It's just how does God kind of direct our paths to be a part of that is is what we're helping our kids decide and, and discover. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I want to kind of go back. How have you seen or how have you guys set out to really disrupt this whole system that we have of higher education. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you asked that first. Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Um, oh, no, no, no. So, you're good. That was a great tangent. <laughs> so, I mean, essentially, can we put healthy people into the marketplace? And that's the, that's the, that is the ultimate goal. And can they build healthy marriages and families that build communities? So what we've done is, you know, the, the traditional system in the States is a ger- very Germanic system, which means you go deeper and deeper into a specialty Mm-hmm. And you have to, and you you don't get a whole picture. So if you're going to accounting, you don't get a whole picture of like the business world and how does how does philosophy and economics go together? Like what does theology matter for me if I'm doing numbers? And it's specialist driven. And but what we do is different. So we we're kind of more on the Hebraic model, which is we want to come to understand how God has made reality, and we think if that if He has made reality then reality has a coherence to it. And then everything absolutely is intertwined. And so what we did is, so when I was in college, I took philosophy 102, economics 109, and art 104 at the same time. And But what did these have to do with each other? I mean, they're separate professors with 200 people in the room and they had nothing to do with each other. And, or so I thought, but you know, the people that built our curriculum, we had a great team build our curriculum. And what they, the, the whole, the premise is all like, all truth is God's truth, and he is the ground of reality, which means all these subjects are interconnected. And so we built a, you could call it our core program, but it's essentially like a biblical way of walking through the liberal arts. So we do critical thinking, because we need to teach them how to think critically, because there's so many messages coming in and out. Theology, philosophy, mathematics, all the way up into anthropology, sociology, and fine arts. And But what we do is, instead of doing five subjects at a time for an hour a day, we actually camp out on one subject at a time. And you dive deep into that subject. And so, and it's all, our curriculum is questions-based. So what I mean by that is, you know, week one of theology is, is God even real? Because that's an important thing to settle, you know? And so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday had different questions involved in that. And you're reading authors, not only Christian authors, but atheist authors, Platonian authors, you know, Bertrand Russell, Richard Dawkins, C.S. Lewis, Thomas Aquinas, Augustine, the Bible, everything. Yeah. And then... That second week, the question is, okay, we think he's real. Now, what's he like? And then we talk about Trinitarian. Is he good? And those days all have questions. And then third week is, okay, what's his problem? <laughs> because if he's, we found out he's good and he's Trinitarian, then why is the world as it is? And then four, what's his solution? Okay, so that's theology. And they do that in Socratic circles, which means they're, um, you know, just, I know you know what this means, but just for audience, if you haven't been in Socratic circles before, it's, you're, it's question, it's discovery-based learning where you read you know, the greatest minds of all time. And then you have a facilitator who's leading into discovery based on questions and the class is interacting together and they come to, they work together to come to conclusions. So we do that in theology and then you go into philosophy and you ask questions like what is real 
what is knowledge, what is good. Well, why do you need theology for that? Well, you absolutely need good theology to be able to answer what is good well. Does that make sense? You know, C.S. Lewis talked about, he said, so C.S. Lewis, he talked about, you have to have good theology to have good philosophy. And if you have bad theology, you'll have bad philosophy. Well, that premise stacks all the way up through our core program. And so when you get into anthropology and you start asking the question, what is a man? Well, your, your philosophy does definitely, and your theology definitely determine your answers to that. And then when you get up into economics and how should we function? Well, and so our whole program is stacked like that. And it culminates with this trip in Italy where they go study the fine arts and they see the best things that man has ever created to reflect his image. And what we say is like, after you've been in that space, now they're, they're working the whole time because work is good for you. And they pay for part of their tuition while they're working. Yep. And they're living in homes. They're not living in dorms. So they're cooking and cleaning and taking care of a house. And so like, just, so when a new class gets here, there's always going to be a couple of wrestles. One, the chicken's going to be raw for the first time. You got to throw it back in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) Dishes are going to get left in the sink and they're all going to be kind of bantering over the dishes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, people's rooms, how are they going to be clean? Is the rice going to be cooked well? And they're learning how to live life together because that's what maturation is. You have to have that rub and that tension and, and it's all guided and, and facilitated. They have mentors discipling them. And, but all that's together. And so some of the times the best conversation is not actually just in the classroom. It happens around the dinner table, which we've kind of lost the art of the dinner table, you know, and, and then they're working 20 to 25 hours. We just have regular jobs like a Chick-fil-A and Starbucks and, and learning how to pay their bills. And so they, they're learning how to take their car payment on or take their cell phone payment on or pay a third of their tuition and all that. And so. In that phase, what we say is you really start to develop an idea of when we talk about calling is what is God's calling for all of humanity? Okay, he's created us to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule the world on his behalf, be like Jesus to the planet. And then the second phase, which is our practicum phase, which is they do internships or apprenticeships. Then you start asking the question, okay, now where do I fit into this thing? Right. So his calling for humanity is bear his image to the world and Jesus did that for us. And then, okay, now what gifts do I have for the world? And so what they do then is they, they go and they, we help them through, you know, we do personality tests with them, but they have a, they have a coach that meets with them every, every two weeks to a month in the core phase and in the practicum phase. And it's just, Hey, what's going on in class? What are you learning? How is work going? Okay. You took this personality test. It said that you were really good at X, Y, and Z. Do you agree with that? Is that playing out in the workplace? And then we introduce them to employers from all over this area where they can shadow and start actually coming to understand what that industry is like. And then during that second phase, we plug them into an apprenticeship or an internship or, you know, a research study where they can actually go get hands-on experience in the field they want to go to. And most of the time they get paid for doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so that's how, you know, so they're getting mentored and, and educated and discipled, not only intellectually and professionally, but also Practically, like, you know, I had conversations with a kid a couple weeks ago, like, okay, you flew up to a northeastern state so you could attend this wedding and then you couldn't pay your tuition. So just so you know, like, you know, kind of hierarchy of needs, shelter comes first and then food and then car probably and then fun. You know, and when we're yeah. having those kind of conversations with with students that that are hopefully leading to a whole life maturation, you know, so. Yeah, even as you were talking you described homeschool. I mean, honestly, that's that's the way that so many who are listening to this podcast today 
That's how we do life with our kids. That's how we've educated our kids. A lot of conversation, a lot of questions, a lot of teaching them to find the information that they need and then learn how to put that into play for the situation that they're in. Helping them understand cause and effect and and mature and and all of these things. So I I think that your approach is is absolutely such a natural extension of what mm-hmm. we've been doing all these years to prepare them for that next step. It's it's a great intermediary, you know, getting them ready to launch approach. It sounds like. Yeah, and we didn't even realize that until a couple of years ago. Uh, and <laughs> homeschoolers kind of ac- accidentally became our. Our target market, because what would happen is we'd go into public and private schools and they would, you know, they would look at what we do and say, uh, like, why aren't you? It couldn't possibly work. Right. I mean, that's so so weird. Exactly. And we but we'd go talk to homeschoolers and they'd be like that you're outside of the system. So you think like us, you know, and your whole thing is just to set them up for life. Well, and so that actually kind of became a huge, uh, huge deal for us. We love working with homeschool families. So because we want to continue the journey that parents started, you know. And that's, I love the way that you, you're putting these kids in homes, you're giving them the opportunity to, to with help, with still having some guardrails in place to start adulting. Cause I found that sometimes when the kids are adulting with, you know, within our home or with David and I as their sole kind of counselors, mentors on that, it it becomes a little bit more difficult. There's a little bit more of friction there because they're trying so hard to spread their wings and show mm-hmm. that they are adults, but they still need they still need that shepherding. They still need that help. And so to be able to have other godly men and women who are helping them kind of with that, take those next steps, put into place the things that they had been given and do it all through the same lens of scripture that we've been instilling in them is a great, great next step. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, our biggest joy is like what you were saying, just continuing the parent's journey and just knowing that we have like, you know, we encourage our parents, like, come, please come to orientation. Like, yeah, please come sit in on parent orientation, like come see all that we're doing. And, you know, we, we also say like, Hey, don't be a helicopter parent. Like let your kid kind of come do their thing. But then we say like, you have our phone numbers and like, call us like let's let's work together let's talk and and with respect to your kid's journey but also still the ability to right to partner with parents too so yeah i think that is such a great approach well i know how you guys are doing you know the next step preparation but i want to to just kind of there's something that david and i have seen and we've talked an awful lot about with regard to higher education for a while actually for years and mm-hmm. we've seen these massive shifts. And we've actually wondered, you know, kind of privately within our home, if it's by the time that our youngest graduates from high school in it's that's now a couple of years away. So we may have been a little off in the timeline. But within the next several years, if higher education in general is not going to look very, very different. What have you guys seen, not just from what you're doing there at Excel, but in higher education as a whole? There seem to be a lot of shifts, a lot of struggles, a lot of situations that these colleges are having to overcome in order to function, you know, the way that they have historically. For sure. And yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I read a book by NYU marketing guy, Scott, I can't remember his last name now, but it's called Post-COVID. And he's actually brilliant. And his whole premise is that higher education, as we know it, is dying and or consolidating and his yeah. whole premise was that COVID was going to speed up that process and it has to some extent I mean you've seen 
a lot of these small to medium sized schools close, especially ones that are in small towns and then what happens to the town. But I think what you're seeing at the same time is that the big schools with the big brand names like Harvard, MIT, they're partnering with people like Google to create a a course to where they can put that course out and train people up and they can go to the masses. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of these small to to almost medium-sized schools are going to kind of go under and the bigger ones are going to keep getting bigger and consolidating, which is yeah. an industry thing. And then the other thing is like vocational schools are coming back because every practical partner we talk to says, hey, I'm everyone in my company is 50 years old and pl- up and we're looking to hand the company off and we right. can't find anyone because we've abandoned the trades. And such great opportunities for our kids to, to be Phenomenal. Um, coming in at that time. Oh, well, exactly. It's, I mean, we're so, we're, I mean, we've got, we're, they're calling us and we're saying we will be a pipeline for you and we'll recruit yeah. for actually towards this. And so I think that's going to happen. You know, vocational schools are going to come, start coming back more. And you've got, I mean, you know, Elon Musk talks about this all the time, but you don't need college to learn anymore. Right. I mean, plain oh. and simple, like you don't, and you can find the information anywhere. But what, what happens is it's, it's, it somehow became that journey from adolescence to adulthood, or at least it was supposed to be. I mean, when I was in college, we were like playing Call of Duty till three o'clock in the morning and <laughs> making hot dogs and coffee pots. So like it wasn't <laughs> for my first two years. So, and then I started following Jesus and matured a little bit and got into missionary and all that kind of stuff. So it <laughs> flipped for me, but I mean, that's most people's college experience, but somehow it was supposed to be that, that journey into adulthood. And, and what we believe is that that need for a journey into adulthood is n- not going to go away. Right. And the question is, is who's going to do that for your kid? And so Google and Coursera, like we use that stuff. That's amazing for, for kids that want to go into analytics or all that kind of stuff. But they're not going to teach the kid how to do the dishes, right. how to talk to your roommate well, how to follow Jesus. And so if colleges don't, if they, if they don't shift to focusing more on holistic person development and they just stay in the job development realm, it's a, it's it's over. It's not going to last long. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we've seen to kind of talking to administrators and stuff at colleges, watching, knowing my kids experience and just the way that their brains work now. They don't look at the classes and the value of their education the way that we did mm-hmm. back back when I mean, I went to school way before you did. There was no Call of Duty <laughs> when I went to school. But <laughs> thankfully, but, for you. <laughs> <laughs> but for us. That was our place to get information. That was our place to get the skills and the direction and, you know, all of that. That is not the case anymore, as you just noted. Mm-hmm. And and so I find it interesting how, you know, everything changes. I mean, you see these shifts throughout history and it's natural. But I do think that we need to, as parents, be very proactive in understanding these shifts are taking place and to find and understand the resources that are available for us to point our kids to that really will help them be ready to take those next steps in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of this stuff has been around for so long, you kind of have this feeling of like, oh, this is never going to change. Yeah. But the pace of change the past couple of years, and I mean, college football will give you a great microcosm. So I'm a big college football fan, but my brother works for Georgia's football team. And I never thought that anything would change in that it just, you know, there's the conferences and the players don't get paid and all. Well, and right or wrong, it college football is starting to look more like the NFL. Yes. And the big teams are getting bigger and better and distancing themselves more. Players are getting paid millions of dollars in college. Yep. And it's just, but that's in three years. Yeah. And 
So in the class, and I don't think that's different than what's happening in the classroom or in on the universities as a whole. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And even to your college football analogy there, even the conferences are shifting and you've got yeah. these mega conferences and all of these others are really becoming kind of insignificant. It's, you know, you you watch SEC football, you're not worried as much about the MAAC if it even still exists. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's true. You've got these massive shifts. My husband was in sports marketing for years. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I have two boys. We can talk ball, college football all <laughs> nice. day long if you want to. Who's your team? <laughs> but, oh, well, you know, college football, I don't care. I'm from Kentucky. So, okay. um, you know, I follow a lot of college football, but not really that passionately. I used to be a huge Kentucky basketball fan. They've made it a little hard over oh, the last yeah. several years. But yeah, they have. Um, but still, I, I still would say I bleed blue. But all That's that awesome. to say, the world shifts, things change, sacred cows, you know, kind of turnover, and you've got to yeah. you've got to roll with it. And it's really important as parents that we are aware of these things that are changing. You know, how big we we haven't talked at all. How big is Excel, and and even how do kids? connect with you? How do they enroll? What is kind of the process there of getting these kids on board? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we're small and intentionally so. So mm -hmm. we have about 85 students on campus right now. When our next September, well, we have a January enrollment coming up. We're doing that for the first time where they can pop in in January. And we're all, but that's going to be small, 10 to 15 kids. So that'll put us at in between 95 and 100. And then when September comes around, we'll have graduated some and right. so we'll have about 125 students on campus at a time. And, okay. and that's, and that's our, that's our sweet spot because like we said, true education is life on life uh -huh. and about life transformation. And, and so your faculty staff to student ratio has to be pretty, pretty small. So all of our faculty and staff, we live on campus and not, not in the same home as a student, but right. in homes on campus. So they're knocking on my door at, you know, at seven 30 this morning, we're taking my kids to go get cinnamon rolls, you know, and, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. and that's how we do life together. And that, that's I'm like, awesome. Hey, go cook this steak with me on my Blackstone and we'll watch some football and, or come serve with us at the Black Mountain Home for Children. And that's how we right. come root on, you know, Nick and M's 12 year, 12 year old kids at the soccer game. And that's how we, we do life together. And so you got to keep it small for that. Yeah. And what I tell students is, so they can go to our websites, theexcelcollege.com. Every Monday night, we have a, a Google Meets call. I just call it a Zoom call because Zoom's a verb now, obviously. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they can sign up for a virtual presentation. And we just do an hour presentation. Like, here's what the college is. We talk about the summer camp. Wow. And then I, I encourage people, like, you really need to come visit before you enroll. Not everyone yeah. does that. I highly recommend it, though, because we are small. We don't have the sports. I'm a big Tennessee fan. Like I don't have, you know, luckily I still get to root for Tennessee because I don't have a football team here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and uh, but so, but you need to come see like, is this the kind of way that I want to do for the next three years? And so we have visit weekends twice a month where they can come Thursday and Friday and oh, check good. out our community night and class and have dinner in the homes and all that kind of stuff. So, well, that is awesome. And I know that you guys actually have some camps for for high schoolers that can kind of introduce them. Tell us a little bit about those as well. Yes, ma'am. So, so our big thing is we do critical, we, we teach critical thinking. And what we found is college is kind of too late to start because uh, yeah, they're getting hit with sure. messages and all that kind of stuff. I mean, at five years old, much less in high school, but we can't do a five-year-old camp right now. So, uh, <laughs> so we have the camp, our whole thing is adventure into truth. And so what we do is we teach them 
how to think critically. And we say discover, discern, do. So discover God's truth, discern how to live wisely, and then live wholeheartedly. And so they're they're going camping for four days. They're rock climbing, white water rafting. They're getting wilderness first aid certified and CPR certified and living in community actually on the college campus and then being taught how to think critically and how to discern against all these messages that are coming at them from the screens and everything else. And wow. so it's really, it's a 12 day camp. We say, Hey, put the screens down for a little bit. We're going to teach you how to think critically, give you a method to do it and to practice it, but actually apply it to your life as well. So not just in the classroom, but in your wilderness first aid certification and like while you're camping and then also walking around Asheville and Black Mountain and looking at all the messages you're getting hit with and actually helping them sift and filter. So yeah. we do that every summer and uh, we have five sessions next summer. So May, really? June and July oh, next fantastic. summer. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we will so. be sure to link to that as well as, you know, for the, for everyone to get more information about the college and your monthly meetups and, and you know, opportunities to come on campus. I want people to to be able to understand and, and find all of that. So check the show notes for that. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a joy. I think it's been fascinating. I'm just so glad you were here. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Leslie. You are very welcome. To the rest of you, thank you for joining us. You know, we talk, as we talk about heart schooling, so much of it is building relationships, having those conversations with your children, teaching them to think, teaching them how to find information, and then giving them a foundation for their faith that is going to be strong enough for them to launch out and hold tight to it. But there comes a point when it is time to let them launch. And so finding what that next step is for your child is a really big deal. And then helping them to make those decisions wisely, helping them to know what questions to ask, helping them to understand how God created them and what is the best way to really refine that and go out and find their place in his big world, how he wants them to serve him. This is all part of the great adventure that we have as parents. And so I encourage you to look into all of the resources that God has made available for you. And especially today, check out the show notes, learn more about Excel College. It is a really amazing program that your kids would fit into very neatly because it's set up probably like they've been educated their whole life, as well as having all of these people pour into them. This is a great thing to check into. So go to the show notes, check that out. If you've not yet made your plans, make sure that you get your tickets to join us in Pigeon Forge or Branson next year. It's going to be a great time of fellowship and equipping us to do what God has called us to do better and with more joy. So check that out as well. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.